Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, yourself? Good, man. <clears throat> I just want to say thanks for actually doing this. This, is, this not, means a lot. Not a problem. So how's, uh, how is, how is, how's it going over in Canada? It's pretty cold this morning anyways. I, uh, I actually record uh, just to get some quiet and so I'm not waking anyone up because it's pretty yeah. early in the morning. I'm in my car in my garage right now. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's extremely freezing over in Ireland. So. Nice. It, yeah, it, it's, it's winter and it's... I, uh, I, I, I go down my town and I don't move much. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's because we have, I, I light a fire and then everything's just like, okay, I'm going to stay here the whole night. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm not much of an outdoorsy guy either, even though I'm in Canada. I'm not that stereotypical lumberjack, go out and ski and, and all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. I, I like uh, my house. I like my internet and I like my Netflix or Disney Plus and I'm good for the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, give me. Give me, uh, give me Star Wars, and nobody else can leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Did you watch the new Mandalorian episode, or have you been following that? Or I, um, I, I caught up on it yesterday, and it is fucking brilliant. I, I love it. Yeah, it's it's very different, but at the same time, it ties the rest of the universe together with all the little homages to everything else. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. The baby. I think Baby Yoda is the cutest thing to ever be created. Oh, for sure. Everyone's talking about him. Oh, my God. I remember watching that. I remember watching it yesterday. It's like, oh, my God, baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he has the fucking same powers as, like, noble Yoda, like, normal, going up Yoda. And I'm just like, this baby is cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Like, I love Star Wars, but it's just. And it's just like seeing that. It's just it's kind of the whole thing. It's just so bloody cool. It is, yeah. Uh, this is kind of the false thing. I want to know. I can't ask you this yesterday, but from what I know, from what I've heard, or what I've that Canada is really good food. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I grew up. I was literally, literally born into the restaurant industry. So. I mean, I, I'm used to certain oh. foods. Um, I do like eating out a lot yeah. too. At the same time, we we often go out to other restaurants to get different experiences and things. Um, Ooh, if, nice. if you ever make your way out here, you have to have a poutine, uh, which is French Ooh. fries, uh, cheese, and gravy. Um, that, that it's a Canadian nice. staple. Uh, I really recommend. There's different ways. Everybody has their own different uh, interpretations of it. Uh, definitely got to go for like a crisp straight cut fry with cheese curds and then like a nice beef gravy nice but but the, like it's, yeah. it, it's the poutine world's kind of blowing up and there's a whole bunch of different iterations now but but that's that's the canadian staple food um yeah. other than that i mean that's... the canadian beef is awesome so like a steak or a burger things mm. those kind of things are hard to beat oh i, I love yeah. a burger i love a good sure. burger um, so like, I guess you being into you being born into the restaurant restaurant industry, you've uh, you've definitely seen uh, a lot of different uh, food. Uh, oh, it's a lot of different. Absolutely, I, I uh, uh, like yeah everything. And like Canadians, weird because 
it literally is this multicultural country. So like things have come in from everywhere around the world. There's the influence of Italy, uh, of China, of Japan, mm-hmm. of, uh, of the Philippines. I worked for uh, a Filipino gentleman in his restaurant. So I was able to try a lot of Filipino food and that kind of nice. thing was amazing. Yeah. They turned Filipino candied pork into a burger. So it was just like the best <laughs> of everything. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the the meat itself is called tocino i believe so uh it, it's this candied pork it, it was very red in color and uh i'm yeah. trying to think what else there there was some sort of sauce on the burger i couldn't describe and then like uh, lettuce tomato cucumber and a fried egg and it was just amazing like you can't go wrong <laughs> cool yeah exactly so um in my opinion in the history of nicknames, you have one of the coolest nicknames in professional wrestling. Oh, well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, glitch in the system. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, when, uh, I, when I started, um, <laughs> I wanted to separate myself. And I had... I mean, you grow up having ideas of who you want to be as a wrestler, but to really... Oh, 100%. Yeah, to, to really separate myself, but still be a part of myself. I was big into mm-hmm. uh, the internet and social media was just starting to get big with like Facebook was, was huge and everybody was using it at the time. Um, yeah. And I, I really wanted uh, the promotion I work for to double down on that stuff. But I took the moniker of the social media superstar being that I was going nice. to be this. Yeah, I was going to be this socialite. And this, mm-hmm. you know, this cocky, arrogant young kid who thinks he's a yeah, big yeah. shot because he's got so many followers. And <laughs> over, yeah, and it, it worked. Yeah. It was getting great heel heat for a kid just starting out. Uh, it, the reactions yeah. I was getting was awesome. But it huh. just slowly evolved because I realized in the ring that I wasn't the person that I uh, thought I would be. I, I wasn't the most athletic guy ever. Um, I, I tended to lean more into... Um, not a hardcore style, but I definitely yeah. use my body as a weapon in a lot of scenarios. And mm-hmm. I found that the business shaped me into something else. I, I, I wasn't yeah. a part of the system of the stereotypical pro wrestler. I wasn't a part yeah. of the system. I was in fact the glitch in the system and I was finding success in my own way rather than following everyone else's idea of what a professional wrestler should be. So it evolved mm-hmm. from being social media superstar into this glitch in the system and there was a great reaction when that change came and i've been going with it ever since mind blown that is what is it so cool you, you'll you'll find I, i'm just very passionate about storytelling uh whether it be with my uh-huh. character what's going on in the ring what's going on behind the scenes i really tried to create a story so whether you're new or whether you've been around for a long time and if you are around for a long time you see a progression, you see things change, you see yourself being challenged as a viewer rather than just being fed the same thing over and over again. I think like a big part about professional wrestling is storytelling. Absolutely. It's uh it's something when when I started I I was a referee for quite a few years actually, so I was able to watch performers nice. and uh I was lucky enough to have some very uh very smart guys who have been around for a long time or uh, mm-hmm. I mean um, for those listening that don't know I, I'm from Winnipeg that's Winnipeg Manitoba Canada who you you might have heard of it recently because Kenny Omega was but, there produced a few good wrestlers 
What's that, sorry? You know, Winnipeg, Batusta. Produced a handful of pretty well-known wrestlers, I guess. Yeah, a couple for sure. Um, a couple, yeah. I mentioned Kenny specifically because the promotion that I work for and have worked for since day one was Premier Championship Wrestling, PCW. And that's actually Kenny Omega's home promotion. So I had, uh, after he left Deep South Wrestling, he was there and he, I was able to pick his brain a lot and watch his performances and he would give great advice. So, so watching as a referee and even hearing the stuff I was able to realize very quickly, and it's something that he continued to uh, to explain to us in the locker room, is that you need to mm-hmm. give these people a story. And if you're going to learn from somebody about storytelling, Kenny Omega is one of the best out there in the world. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's many people out there better on about storytelling than there is, but then Kenny. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so... But, so yeah, so Canada, you know, it's you know that Storm, Prince Trish Stratus, uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, like it's produced some brilliant wrestlers. Absolutely, um, I mean, even dating back to the Hearts, right? I grew up watching Brett and mm-hmm. Owen Hart on my TV, oh, yeah. so there, there, there's definitely a, a lineage there of wrestlers, and I don't know what it is that just. Um, I, I've heard that there's this hodgepodge of different styles that have floated up north, and we've adopted a lot of the Japanese style of uh, the the Southern Texas and Memphis styles, and it's just this. It it makes us a little tougher. It makes us a little more unique, and it makes us. Um, I th- I think again, ju- just challenging the audience a little bit more with with the varying styles that we've adopted. Yeah. So stick in with. Uh... Canada, what is your favorite thing about being Canadian? Uh, that's tough. I, I'm not your, again, I'm just not your stereotypical Canadian. I don't, I don't like the cold. I, I, I'm not much of an outdoorsy guy. Um, Mm -hmm. I do enjoy, um, the varying cultures, actually. Um, I, I I just appreciate where people come from and their stories and, and how much uh, differing values everyone has. So like some people will value um, careers or, or education, others family. I love watching everyone and, and the things that they've adopted and, and sort of take pride in. And, and it really gives me this, um, this wide viewpoint of how to take in life and how to enjoy it. Nice man, nice. That's that's. I can honestly, I could listen to you for hours. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's funny so, because uh, I, I was sorry, I wasn't much of a speaker at all. Like I was, I was a very introverted kid. But I, this process I've been on in the last two years with with doing more podcasts, with with doing my video vlog and my own mm-hmm. podcast, I I just I'm finally kind of breaking out of that habit of keeping everything to myself and and just. Enjoying telling stories with people. So, as you said, you kind of grew up with the hearts and Brett and Nolan. Um, was there a wrestler you couldn't stand when growing up? A wrestler I couldn't stand. Um, it was it was weird. I I really loved everything. Like even as a young kid, I really loved the good guys and the bad guys. So growing up, mm-hmm. uh, I started watching in 1990. So I'm watching Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, but I can also appreciate those arrogant heels, like the model Rick Martel and, uh, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, I, I really did mm-hmm. enjoy everyone. As I as a young kid, there's really not anybody that stands out to me right now, anyways, that I yeah. didn't enjoy. Um yeah, I, uh, that's weird. That's a good question. I've never been asked for it before. I'd have to really <laughs> think hard on that one. So, um, okay. So I want to ask you this because not only are you a wrestler, but you do kind of state your, you, you also do have opinions on WWE and other wrestling, which I love. Right. What's your opinion on the punk being back? Uh, I'm happy for him. I was definitely a big punk fan. And the fact that he wore his heart on his sleeve and just oh, was- same unabashedly him and and no filter either i think that's great and i think i think that the things that he was saying back then how wwe handled business in a lot of ways and how they treated a lot of their talent uh there's still a long way to go um but there was definitely a big learning curve there that um that things needed to change. And I think he changed things a lot for a lot of people right now who are very successful in WWE. Uh, I'm happy that he has a job in wrestling again. Oh, I'm 100%. happy. I'm happy that he has a platform to speak his mind a little bit. And I hope it does lead to more things in the future. I, I don't know if this means he's getting back in the ring anytime soon or, or at all. I would love to see yeah. him back in the ring and, and doing awesome. his thing because that's what he's best at overall. But uh, mm-hmm. it's good to hear his voice again anyways. Oh, so, so it's, it's just so fascinating to hear a different voice. I think it's, there's no one better than punk. Right. It, it feels genuine. It doesn't feel like a produced uh, person. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also think it's like probably the, one of the best themes in wrestling called the personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so Chris, no, I wanted to ask you, um, what wrestler would you like to have your final match with? Like, uh, like locally or just in general? Just, or, just in like, general. Just in general. Ah. Uh, hmm. hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to retire for quite a few years. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. anyways. <laughs> Um, in the realm of possibility, I would love to have one chance to get into the ring with Chris Jericho. Oh, that'd be so cool. I I grew up around him. I watched him, uh, pre WCW. I watched him in WCW. I watched his whole WWE run. I'm enjoying his Mm -hmm. AEW run. Uh, he was an idol of mine as a young teenager and that would be, uh, a dream come true for me. Yeah, I feel like though, and I feel like a lot. I think if you ask a lot of wrestlers who would they want to have the final match with, Jericho's definitely up there. Absolutely, I could. He's just one of the most talented guys uh, that's ever been ever. So, and I, like, I think one of the cool things that Jericho can do that not other wrestlers have every different company. Uh huh. And at the. Yeah, he he's always evolved his game, and he's just always having fun doing it in the process. He's, he's not stepping out of his comfort zone or anything. It's just another progression of him. He is like him and AEW, and I think this AEW as a whole is pretty cool. Like him, the skull, the the bubbly, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's been a lot of fun so far. I could go on and on about AEW, but uh, yeah, definitely, it, it's it's been entertaining since uh, since day one with him. 
I think um, I think Jericho is the first guy to get wine over. <laughs> At least in that capacity, yeah, where it requires a T-shirt to be sold. <laughs> Fucking tough uh, uh So back to Star Wars because it is brilliant. Uh, out of all the films, what do you think? What's kind of your favorite? Uh, this is, might be controversial to some people. I'm not sure. I know there's some very strong opinions around Star Wars. I enjoy episode three actually the most and, and seeing Ooh. the flip, uh, the switch flip for Anakin to turn into Darth Vader. That whole story had my interest uh, for a very long time. So to see it play out, uh, and I thought they did a great job with it. I thought that, <coughs> that whole movie, uh, you know, it, it definitely holds its own in the yeah. lore of Star Wars. Uh, to me, that's my favorite. Yeah, I remember as a kid watching. I was kind of like watching Darth Vader be born, him being put into like the the I don't know what to call, but him being put into the thing, and then this, the the big helmet coming down. And oh yeah, that to me that's an iconic scene. Yeah, oh 100 percent because that's like that just kind of started the whole thing of like. Bad against evil. I mean, bad against good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I get you. Absolutely. And um, I think one of the best scenes in movie history is when Thingy um, was like, I am your father. And then it's just... And it's yeah. just like... Exactly, yeah. And it's like, and it's like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, and it's crazy to see that they can still tell stories with those characters and it's been mm-hmm. 40 years since the first film if i'm not wrong so i think so wild. yeah yeah that's amazing it is so mental like so <clears throat> okay i want to talk about this wrestling fans can be uh good at times but they can also be pretty uh well that's i guess the negatives are a nice way of putting it um right. What do you think is the worst thing about wrestling fans nowadays? Um, I I don't I don't know what the answer is, but this is something I think about a lot because you mm-hmm. see a lot of it in certain scenarios. But um, I think there's two different things, and I think over time this is all going to get better once we understand the root of where all the all of this comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. One is. Uh, just that hardcore fandom, and it comes with any form of entertainment. I mean, you see it with with boy bands, right? The girls just just fawn over the guys and the posters all they over the walls. They love the K-pop. Yeah, exactly. And you see that in wrestling with certain uh, wrestlers, right? I mean, Seth Rollins has his hardcore fans, and Moxley, and even Rhea Ripley. I'm seeing on Twitter, like there are these. Hard- to these people because it connects with them at such a deep level uh, that um, and anything uh, can be strewed negatively when it's just, you know, this short time frame in the process of that person's career and, and it just turns into this thing. And I think we just need to learn, have a little bit of patience with the process, but also learn to communicate yeah. better. And on the other side of that, um, I've been saying for a while now that there's been this long narrative of uh, just kind of 
speaking negatively about the business and it comes from the mm-hmm. guys who have been there uh, for a long time. So some of the people that have been in wrestling or the dirt sheet writers that have been around for a long time, when they continue to speak negatively and they're looked at as the experts yeah. of the industry, um, a lot of fans identify as wrestling as their thing. They're the wrestling fan within their little bubble of their world. So they feel like they need to be the smartest person in the room. But when they step onto the internet, there's thousands of those people who think that they need to be yeah, the yeah. smartest in the room. So it creates this desperation to have that as your identity. And it's not, again, it's, it's the communication factor where we need to learn to communicate better and accept other people's viewpoints without uh, immediately assuming they're wrong. It's just a diff- you're coming in from a different, um, well, how would you say that? You're coming in from a different... Yeah. Uh, perspective so we see things all differently as, as humans and connect with things differently so if, if we would learn to stand back and appreciate that a little bit more and take that into consideration before uh immediately chastising or trying to belittle anyone i think it would be uh, a little bit more peaceful yeah. i have a little bit of hope in that but i, I do think it's going to take time and, and some real understanding and just a, a a culture shift in what it means to be a wrestling fan uh, I- Every day I go on the Twitter and I'm just like, and I'm and I just like, I just know that I, I'm going to see a fight. I'm going to know that I'm going to see someone tweet something stupid. I'm just going to see someone tweet something the person has. And and my philosophy on Twitter has been to not feed the machine. You know, if if somebody's reacting negatively, I just I'll scroll past that. And if something's reacting positively to something. I will comment or I will share, you know, something great or I, I will like it. Just the positive reinforcement, I think, where it's like, you know, if, if you're not getting any attention speaking negatively about the product, then maybe you'll just stop speaking negatively about the product because you appreciate the engagement and conversation. So if we're only talking about the positives, you know, maybe your mindset's going to. Hello. Hello. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Right. You, know, you could, you know, you could say there was a glitch in the system. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny every time I see somebody mention a glitch, and it, lately it's been a lot about the two K game that just came out. But I just usually post like, "My bad, sorry guys." Oh, sorry guys. <laughs> just, just, just thought I'd. Uh, that's why I put Alexa Bliss's head on Braun Strowman's face. Sorry guys. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh no, this is. I'm so happy you brought that up. This is going to be something you don't want about. Uh, yeah, two K. That's yeah. Uh, I, I I've seen a lot of the videos. I uh, I haven't played. I haven't picked up a two K game honestly since two K thirteen. 
but it, it's crazy to see the amount of flaws in this game. Uh, so it's it's almost laughable. Uh, are you playing it or? I've I played like I think I played like an hour of it when I first got it. That's that's I don't know if it's because I got like fuck all sleep that night, so I just stayed up downloading it. Right. But I think I'm pretty sure like I was trying to download a creative wrestler and um I guess I guess, like the eyes was where the um it was like where the mouth was supposed to be. Oh wow. <laughs> And this is kind of like, what the fuck kind of monstrosity is this? Yeah, yeah. I, oh man. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like um, I feel like another thing that's bad with um, wrestling fans nowadays. I think that's what we were talking about before. Uh, Anchor cut us off. Um, there was I think another thing about um, that's bad about wrestling fans nowadays is like net picking. Like they literally net pick the smallest things. Right. That went wrong, and then, then it's just gonna like you have too much time in your hands. <laughs> I, I, I think that that again goes with like just wanting to be the smartest person in the room is like you found a flaw and can point that out and, and to try to prove your point and justify. Yeah, like, I I used to be in a spot like that when I was younger, yeah. but. After getting involved and after watching it for so long, I, I'm just able to sit back and watch and just take it all in and enjoy some of those sillier things yeah. rather than letting it affect my enjoyment of the thing that I love, mm-hmm. you know? I just want to love wrestling, so I'll watch I'll watch, and I'll enjoy what I enjoy and whatever else happens, that's that's on them, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ruin my day yeah. over it. So, um, talking about the funny things, I think the best... Comedy wrestler nowadays is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I... Absolutely, uh, it, it's hard to find someone else actually, even for a number two spot yeah. right now. I haven't seen, I haven't seen much of the independent scene. I'm, I'm taking more of it in as we go. I guess Yano in uh, New Japan, if you've ever yeah. watched, he he's great. But uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy really has a shtick going that that's really caught on well. Um, I actually went to Chicago for the All Out pay per view, oh, nice. and uh, the night before, yeah, the night before though, there was a uh, a GCW show, Game Changer yeah. Wrestling, and he was wrestling Gangrel of oh, all people. God. Once I saw that on the marquee, <laughs> I had to go check yeah. it out. And yeah, it, it's a great little act. It's thoroughly entertaining. I love that the wrestlers, young and old, get mm-hmm. into it. You even saw at Halloween the picture of like Tony Khan and uh jerry lynn and there was someone other that was dressed up as orange cassidy he's quickly becoming a lot of people's favorite wrestler oh um talk about jerry then i feel like he was extremely underrated when he was wrestling oh 100 percent, yeah just he was way ahead of his time i feel and uh like wwe didn't know what they had with him uh he did spend some time in wcw2 ecw really capitalized on him well and then uh, the early days of tna they uh pairing him with aj styles and guys like that was i'm sure phenomenal for, really? for their careers but he's just <laughs> uh, he's just a wealth of of knowledge and uh, at the level that he could perform at was uh, was insane for mm-hmm. for 1997 and 1998 yeah. i'm sorry know? jerry taught aj how to 
perfect a phenomenal form. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, okay, nice. Okay, enough of the puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh god. Um, so uh, one thing I want to know because it's went over here. What's the weather like in uh, beautiful Canada? Up here, it it's it's weird. Um. I'm trying to think of the exact date. I think it was late September where we had this massive snowfall oh. of, uh, yeah, uh, I want to say it, there was like three feet of snow oh, overnight. And yeah, like it, it was a massive storm. Like everything shut down. Uh, it's not always like that, but those things do happen. Like you hear in the stories yeah. of Canada, <laughs> but uh, it, it managed to all melt right around Halloween time. But then again, we just got hit with a whole bunch of snow, like not too long after. And, and we're back at it again, where we're just covered in snow and uh, it, it gets cold. I'm uh, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, we measure things in Celsius. So, uh, it, it, I mean, Google, the, Google the uh, conversion there to Fahrenheit and such. But uh, as far as Celsius goes, it can get to like minus forty here uh, some nights, but overall, yeah. Um, overall, um, I think like minus twenty is a, a normal for for around winter time around here. It's been a little warmer though lately. I can't fucking live in that. <laughs> I'm surprised I have lived <laughs> in it. <laughs> we've we've debated moving a lot recently, but uh, yeah, and until that time comes, I've just got to put up with it. It's like um. This movie I saw, I can't remember what the name was. It was um, this guy got caught in the snow, and it was just like icicles all over his face. I just feel like, just kind of feel like it's how it would be. Um, right, right. I mean, you can see, uh, especially on some days where there, where it warms up and then freezes again overnight, like icicles hanging off of buildings that are like five feet long. It can get pretty ridiculous looking around here. It's like a fucking apocalypse. Um, <laughs> uh, and I know, I think like, yeah, I, I've heard so many good things about Canada and it's just kind of like, I've also heard that like, like if you go to some places like a bear or attack you or something, no, it's like, oh, this gets really cold or some stuff, I do well, <laughs> I'm painting Canada like this horror winter wonderland picture, but uh, I mean, I, I'm in Winnipeg. We're fairly south. We are close to the border of the United States, um, but uh, the more north you go, the more desolate uh, things can be. Uh, there's some towns and cities in, in very northern Manitoba, even the province that I'm from, uh, which is like a state for those of you who don't know your geography and that's okay is um, some towns you can only get to over the winter by driving over frozen lakes. You hear of those wrestling frozen held tours yeah. where Jericho and Christian had to drive over these lakes. That is how you actually get to these really desolate towns. And Gosh. even more North than that. Yeah. Even more North than that. Um, some uh, during the summer and stuff, you can only get uh, there via uh, an airplane. And it's not some commercial line. It's some, you know, small airplane that yeah. takes you to and from those towns. So, yeah, it, it Canada's a weird place. Man. Like, everybody has traveled south where, where I guess it's more habitable. 
Yeah. The more north you get, I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure the the conditions get worse and worse. I haven't been that up north. I haven't done one of those frozen tours. Yeah. Uh, I don't plan on doing it. <laughs> it's not something I've ever yeah. had that I need as a as a merit badge to to justify my wrestling career. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, <laughs> I I've talked to a lot of guys who have done them, and man, they're like there are some crazy stories that come from those kind of things. You're just, you're just gonna like do like a like if I was gonna wrestle someone like an ice rink where you go like ice skating. Um, so like around here, there's uh there's an indoor rink that's been around for like a hundred years. So like that, mm. I- I'm not a skating fan. I'm not a cold fan. So that's not my thing, but I have a daughter. So I take her for the experience. Um, in, in Winnipeg itself, actually the lake or the river freezes enough, uh, for a couple of months that you can actually skate on the river during the day. Nice. So, uh, yeah, like that, that kind of thing does happen. Uh, kind of, that sounds like. Sounds like literally sounds like my Santa would live this ice snow. It's fun. <laughs> and, and the summers yet, but the summers yet can also get very hot and, and muggy. And like, there's a lot to check out during mm-hmm. the summer, right? Like, there. Uh, so like, we do get that winter that that defines Canada apparently. But but there is a whole other end to it of the summer where like it does get super hot out and we're sitting there in plus forty Celsius, mm. you know, weather some days. Yeah, so like a very two very big extremes. Mm-hmm. Well, Canada. So this is oh, we're we'll staying kind of the summer and like we like over here in the summer we 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 literally just piss off the Spain and we piss off the summer. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we stayed in Holland for like summer. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like even the summer. It's like maybe like it's not even that warm. Like a summer, it still be rain, and it's just rain. like. You just get you get to the point where you're just gonna like screw this. <laughs> you're never happy with wherever. There's always something to complain about. I don't really, but like, kind of like in Ireland, we could have been uh, growing up knowing that like, like a good summer yeah. is maybe one every hundred thousand years or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> or one every blue moon or some crap. So um, one more thing I want to ask you. Um, so obviously you're kind of like living the dream of like many wrestling fans. Like uh, many wrestling fans, you're actually a professional wrestler. You you kind of like living the dream of mine. Uh, have you had that I've made it moment yet? Not at all. Um, I mean, I, I remember day one of training and just seeing a ring and uh, I'd never been to an independent show or anything like that before either, but seeing the ring and being able to climb into a ring, it was just immediately like, this is yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is where I'm so comfortable. I meant to do um, this. And since then, yeah. And, uh, you know, since then it's been a, a great learning experience along the way. I've met a lot of interesting people. I've been able to work with a lot of the people I grew up watching and I considered heroes or or, or people that I idolized as a kid um, so many great experiences so many great friendships I met my wife awesome. through wrestling um, yeah like um, there's a lot of moments and memories that I'll have forever with me but as far as making it uh, I don't think I'm there yet um, and everybody's version of making it is different um Again, my process with the whole vlog and podcast has made a big difference over the past year and a half mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, with me, um, 
being in the area that I am, we are very geographically challenged. I've said this before uh, on my podcast and such, but uh, to get to the next show from where I'm at, I would need to drive seven hours. Jesus. Yes. To the, to the next big city, which is the next big promotion. And even that next promotion doesn't have any awareness outside of its own little city bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I can do that drive, but uh, as I mean, I'll, I'll be getting another match under my belt and a little bit more experience, but as far as really getting anywhere, um, it's just not going to happen that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've taken more of the path the way uh, Kenny Omega did um, where he just started creating content for himself. He recorded a match that was up on YouTube that uh, uh, it was like an outside false count anywhere match at like a country cottage. And, and it was this hilarious, hardcore athletic display. I don't know if you've seen the match. It's amazing. But that's what got him booked in Japan. So now I'm trying to put myself out there to hopefully get the recognition and booked elsewhere. Cause in the States, I mean, you could drive two hours and you're hitting that next big city and that next big city has six or seven different promotions, all of which, you know, broadcast their stuff online and have these loyal fan bases and a much bigger demographic to pull fans into. So the shows are bigger. It's a very different experience down South. And, uh, you know, hopefully you just got to do the right thing and the right thing catches on and, all of a sudden, everybody's kind of knocking at your door looking for you. Mm-hmm. Well, man, uh, I just want to say, again, thank you so much for doing this. It honestly means the world to me. No, oh, I, I love doing this stuff with, with uh, everyone, and I love supporting people's podcasts. Uh, I think it's important um, to, to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I preach that all the time on, on Twitter and stuff, but like you got to start somewhere and, and it's stuff like this that, that gets you down that path. So I appreciate you asking me to be on in the first place. I know time, but honestly, there were, honestly, you were the false guy that came to mind. Well, thank you. I, I, okay. Like that just means so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. So yeah. Uh, thanks for doing this man. Honestly, good luck. You've asked my career. I hope, I honestly hope you get somewhere and I just, I just hope you get to the big, I hope you get to the big city. I guess America was <laughs> I guess I hope more people see you. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it again. Thanks for asking, and I'd be happy to do it again someday. Love you, man. Yeah, take care. You too.